people of the world. This is the Brothers Talk with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Tune in each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcast or on our website to hear us, three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, as we give voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. You can also get more of us by watching The Brothers Talk Show on Millennium TV's M24 streaming news station. We're back again on The Brothers Talk, and we're glad you tune in to be a part of the podcast family. I want to thank you for once again tuning into the conversation, and we appreciate you for listening, and we hope that you'll keep spreading the message. You have joined this truly worldwide family, and... We know that as long as there are folks like you, we'll keep doing the program. If you're on Facebook, join the discussions in our groups, The Brothers Talk, Relaunching Black Wall Street Nationwide, Hashtag Black Dollars Matter, and Black Parent University with over 4,500 members. And finally, you can see us do what we do live on The Brothers Talk Show each Saturday and Sunday night on the M24 News streaming service. Uh, First up, We certainly want to continue to harp on the cause of the vaccine and say, get vaccinated if you haven't been vaccinated, because even if you are asymptomatic, you do not have the right to walk around infecting our children under 12 whom the vaccine hasn't been approved for. The rate of infections in the new school year is rising so fast that several school districts have had to shut down. And the number of hospitalizations of our precious babies is spiking. And it's all because there's a bunch of really ignorant, spiteful, and terribly inconsiderate bags of skin who have decided to risk children's lives as well as their own. And the really unfortunate part of it is that a lot of these ignorant, spiteful folks are actually in the school systems themselves. And some are even in the hospitals. It just doesn't make any kind of sense. But We're going to keep pushing the envelope and hoping that at some point people will come to their senses and say that you do need to just do what's best for your fellow man. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. Hey, family, we want to thank you for your continued support and all your positive feedback that you've been giving us. Uh, I agree with what Rod said 100 percent. This virus is basically out of control. I saw something on the news. I can't recall the name of the governor of West Virginia, but I haven't seen a Republican governor on TV begging and pleading for people to get vaccinated, but he's not reaching them. And Rod hit the nail on the head when he said that this virus now is affected our most vulnerable, and that's our kids. Kids can't get vaccinated. At certain ages, they can't get vaccinated. So we have a lot of selfish people out there who are vindictive for whatever reason. They're angry for whatever reason, but it's being directed at the wrong thing. You're out here eating Twinkies and Ho-Hos and donuts and honey buns and whatever else you don't know what's in it. But yet you don't want to get vaccinated because you don't know what's in it. You know, quit being selfish and think about your fellow man and go and get vaccinated so we can get this thing behind us. Norm? 
Thanks, Scott. And I agree with you 100% there. Every week we come together for this these few minutes and really it's about uplifting the community. That's really what we're about in many different ways. But we cannot move forward if our community is not in good health. And you cannot say that you support the Black community if you're not willing to get this vaccine and not only protect yourself, your family, your friends, but the people that you come across in the community every day. This, can, this virus is costing us lives, it's costing us money, and it's costing us precious time that we do not have as a people. So please listen to Rod, Scott, and myself and do something for your people. Get this vaccine. Thank you. So this week we're going to touch on a controversial topic in our communities. And it's controversial because it is at the core of what we try to continue to emphasize when we talk about critical thinking. And critical thinking just means you open up your mind to different points of view and don't let people just feed you what it is you're supposed to think or how you're supposed to think. And the topic that we're going to discuss today is the complicated relationship between the Black community and the Obamas. And we're very clear the Obamas are no longer in the White House. But one of the symptoms of this lack of critical thinking that we see is the fact that every time the Obamas who are still on the scene show up in anything, we are, as a community, especially a large majority of us, are just much too willing to act as though they are some type of deity. And so when the Obamas were in office, we voted for them, we supported them, and we had high hopes that they would have done more for us as a Black community. But the sad reality is they did not. And now that they're out of office, we really don't owe them anything. They're doing some decent things in terms of Hollywood and promotions. is just a little hard to take when now we should have the ability to ask them some tough questions, like why didn't they do more for the Black community? As a matter of fact, we should ask them, why didn't they do much of anything for the Black community? Because the evidence now is clearly there, and this is the time when we really should reflect on that kind of thinking. You know, Rod, you, you brought up an interesting point, because I was thinking the same thing, that here you have, Michelle and, and Barack Obama, that, hey, we're proud of them. They represented us well. They didn't have any scandals. They were a clean-cut family that, that did well in terms of the way Black folks, people look at Black people. But what they didn't do was they didn't do anything for Black people. And, and yet, Black people seem to treat them like, Obama, like he's some type of deity. I mean, people just, I, I, when, when he's on TV, you know, they're really treating him like he's some type of God. Uh, he was sitting there on, uh, I saw him on something, a clip or something, and, and he was talking about my brother's keeper. Does anybody know anything that they've done, my brother keeper, anything, but every now and then he would push that out there they talked about my brother's keeper like three years before he left office. And I still don't know anything or anybody that's connected to my brother's keeper. So I guess he wants that to be his, his legacy in terms of what he's done for black folks, because up to this point, I don't think we can name anything. I don't know anything. I don't know if it, anything, anybody else who can name anything that he's done. 
basically what, what we want, we want to be able to treat Barry and Shell like any other political couple and really hold them responsible for policies and procedures and things that they did and did not do and simply ignore things because they are African-American. That's, that's what we want. We want to be able to treat them like any other political couple. And that's where we get pushback when we start to hold Barry accountable for things that he didn't, didn't do in, while in office. And basically, as Rod has mentioned countless times, we as a people have supported them in numbers that no other a politician has received support from any other group. And yet we received the least and um, I think that's the real issue here is it's not good enough to have a black face up there unless they're actually representing other black faces. And so what makes this a complicated process for a lot of people is because immediately when they hear us raising these kinds of concerns, they want to accuse us of not only not supporting them, but trying to tear them down, which is, nothing could be further from the truth. We are the first to admit that he will go down in history as one of the greatest presidents simply because of the time that he came into office and what he was up against and what he was able to achieve for the country at large. He came into office at a time when the country was on the brink of bankruptcy, the entire country. And he was able to work with Congress and get through programs that rescued the entire economy. And so we do acknowledge that. And as we've said on many occasions, we voted for him twice and would have voted for him a third time if we could have. However, we cannot be so blind as to fall for the old okie doke of the rising tide that lifts all boats. Because the truth of the matter is, we were in leaky canoes when the economy began to recovery, while others were getting on yachts and motorboats. And if the tide rises and you're still in a leaky canoe, your situation hasn't improved. I'm glad you also mentioned, Scott, my brother's keeper, because to me, I can't think of anything that ended up being more racist than that whole my brother's keeper program, because what it did was it basically accused Black households of being derelict in their duties when it comes to Black fathers. There have been a number of studies that have been shown since that Black fathers are actually more engaged in their families and in their children's lives than any other ethnic group. So the whole premise of My Brother's Keeper was based on a lie and the fact that you had a Black president who would have actually spearheaded is something. one more reason why at least I'm disappointed in him. I'm, re I'm, I'm really disappointed in in. in in the fact that he didn't deliver anything for black people. Uh, I'm, I'm disappointed that the black caucus didn't hold him accountable or never called him out on anything. It's disappointing that if you say something negative, because and it may be true, and it's probably true, when you say something negative about Barack or Michelle, most black people in this country, you know, it's like their hair and their head's on fire. Because you can't say not one negative. You can't criticize them in any kind of way. But in the meantime, and hey, but now they, they're, they're running around the globe, making money, making just boatloads of money. They have these deals with Netflix where they're making all this money. But yet and still, 
The only thing that they're talking about and they're trying to contribute to is my brother's keeper. And we don't know anything about my brother's keeper. And so I'm, I'm just disappointed that, that people just want to have a, a blind eye to the fact that when it comes to black people, it looks like he had no intentions of doing anything for black folks. Because the only thing I used to hear him say was when somebody did ask the question early in his first year, he would say, well, I'm just not a black president for black people. I'm, black, I'm everybody's president. And that seemed to be his defense. And, and people just went with that. But if you're the president for everybody, why is it that everybody seems to get a piece of the pie, a slice of the cake, except for black people? I love that example, Scott, because what he did with the derivative scandals and how he bailed out the banks without holding the banks accountable for all the millions of homes that were lost by the people of this country, he didn't represent anybody there, especially the African-American community that lost more wealth during this period than any other group. He didn't hold anyone responsible or even make the banks redo those mortgages for these families that suffered. So again, he wasn't representing anybody but the best interests of the banks and the wealthy of this country. And that's the type of thing we have been calling him out on and receiving pushback for. At some point, people have got to stand up for people in this country. And when he did interact with the Black community, we certainly should remember the famous speech that he did in front of the NAACP, of all people, where he told that group who has been responsible probably for more marches than any other group in the nation, that they should take off their bedroom slippers and put on their marching boots. And so the insensitivity of that is only matched by when he went before other Black audiences like he did after the mass slaying at Mother Emanuel AME Church in Charleston and decided instead of addressing the real root issue of racism, that it was time for him to sing Amazing Grace. So, you know, there's a pandering effect to that, that we need to at least be open to acknowledging that that happened. And as you said, Scott, and as you said, Norm, instead, what we will do is we will quickly deflect any criticism of the Obamas as though they are above reproach when all we're really asking is to just be honest. And we fail to do that on so many fronts because it's like we feel that if we say anything about them, we know you feel like, well, don't expose any chinks in their armor to white people. Well, believe you me, White people already know about the Obamas as much as they need to. And this is now about us reconciling ourselves with the truth and not just being willing to go along with the okey-doke anymore. You know, Rod, you brought up some interesting points there when you talked about how he's saying amazing grace. And that to me was like, okay, this is the okey-doke. Because he knows how black people sung and dance is a part of who we are. So it's like, now I'm the preacher. I'm in the church. And we know how black people get caught up with their ministers and that feel good. 
that same, you can tell that same story over and over again, uh, of some story out of the Bible and people it uplift people, make them feel good. And that's what it seemed like he was doing when he's saying the marriage and grace, because black people lost their mind about when he did, when he did that, like he's one of us, but he's not because if he was, he would have fought. I'm not saying harder. He would have fought period for anything that could have benefited black people to start to live, uplift the communities out of where we are and where we've been for so long. But he didn't do that. All he did. Hey, let me, let me, let me sing amazing grace. Let me say some stuff. He's a great orator. Let me do that because I know it's going to make black people feel good for the moment. And that's all we seem to have gotten from him. Well, he did call out cousin Pookie if you remember that, and he did sing some Al Green. <laughs> That's my point. You know, and so we got a lot of symbolism, but we got no substance. And to repeat myself again, you know, we should be able to call this out in regards to any politician without even having any pushback because these, these things that we've said during this program are true, are factual. The, the pushback has to turn into policies and procedures that benefit Black people. That's where the pushback should be. And for those who have come to this conversation later, because as we've said, we've had this conversation for several years, including when they were in power, we've had a number of people go for the pushback argument of, well, he didn't have the support of Congress or the president cannot make the laws. And our point was never that we thought he should make laws or that he didn't take full advantage of when he had a supermajority and when he was in office. Our point really is that there were lots of things that he could have done for the black community that he did not do. And examples of these things are just looking at all that he did for the communities that, as you said, Norm, did not support him nearly to the tune that we did. 94% in his first election and 96% in the second election. And yet we saw LGBTQI get programs and support. We saw veterans get programs and support. We saw women get programs and support. We saw immigrants get programs and support. And so where are the programs and support that should have been directed to his most loyal base. We saw him moonwalk away from any attempt to talk about race. When he talked about the Trayvon Martin killing and said that Trayvon could have been his son, which was a hopeful moment for us, but as soon as he got white pushback, he moonwalked away from it. When he called the situation where Henry Louis Gates was arrested by a white cop at his own home in Massachusetts, called it stupid. And when the white population rose up, once again, he backed off and had something called the beer summit. And so these are the kind of things that just have are factual enough that if you just examine those on the surface, we're pretty sure that you would agree with us that there was a lot more that he could have done and a lot more that he didn't do. You're right, Rod. Again, I mean, uh, what you're normally saying 
And I want people to understand, like you, you, you've already said this, that we're not here just to bash the Obamas. What we're here to do is to say, hey, what, my, what I don't understand is why are you people still holding them in such high esteem as if they did so much for black people when they did absolutely nothing? I mean, that's the thing that's, that's, that's really confusing. If you say something about Barack Obama in certain, if you're not with people that who think like you, like-minded folks, you're going to get some there, some stares. You're going to get some ugly comments thrown at you. You're going to get some, some people making excuses like, well, you know, Congress wouldn't let him. They had his hand, hand tied. He couldn't do this. He, couldn't, he had to bully pulpit. He had to bully pulpit, and that's what Biden is doing. Biden is using the bully pulpit every chance he get. As a matter of fact, sometimes I'm like, hey, can y'all keep Biden off TV someday? But he's doing exactly what he needs to do to try to get his agenda through. Barack didn't do that. You know, he did it for, well, I take that back. He did it for the things that he wanted to get through, like same-sex marriage. You know, uh, you know, he wanted to help the, the LGBTQ community was that transgender he dove into that. I mean, he dove into that head first. And he used his bullet pulpit to get those things, get some rights for those people. But he didn't do anything like that for black folks. Why is that? And why is it, are, are black people okay with the fact that he didn't do the same thing for the black community? And why are African-Americans okay that we have the first African-American president who literally destroyed an African country? Look at Libya. Libya was the jewel of the continent, and Libya and Gaddafi were about to really open up the whole African continent to inner commerce with a coin, a banking system, and everything. And that would have destroyed the whole economy of the West. And the banks and the World Bank sent Barry in to destroy that country and the surrounding countries, which pretty much disabled them because of that fallout. Now, these are the things we should be discussing as African people with our African president. But instead, we have to fight our own people to even have a basic discussion in regards to any policy that came out of his office. So that's our opinion. And if you disagree and want to prove us wrong, you've got an open invitation to reach out to us and let us know. And in our positive black business experience of the week, according to CNBC, Facebook has decided to buy $100 million worth of unpaid invoices from 30,000 small businesses owned by minorities and women. That's about $3,000 per business, which isn't a lot, but it is somewhat of a help. That's like a $3,000 infusion of cash that a true small business could certainly use. So normally, you know, we don't have an awful lot positive say about Zuckerberg and Facebook, but this could be something that is very well-timed. So we want to give them kudos for that. Thanks again to all of the Brothers Talk family, and remember to check out the hour-long Brothers Talk show airing Saturday and Sunday on the TV streaming service M24 News. Don't forget to follow us at the Brothers Talk on Twitter, the Brothers Talk on Instagram, like our Facebook page, and a quick reminder that if you want to share more of your thoughts with us and the Brothers Talk family, there's the Brothers Talk group on Facebook. Finally, if you want more information or you want to contribute information to us, then you can give us your long-form feedback, show ideas or questions at the email address, brotherstalk at gmail.com. 
God bless you all for your time and your support. And you always have our absolute commitment that we'll never take it or you for granted. So remember, let's do better today because that's all we really have.